Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. you guys i hope you had a good holiday uh merry christmas happy hanukkah good kwanzaa happy dog day afternoon i don't know if you can hear the dogs barking hold on knock it off i'm making a podcast sorry they get excited anyway uh i am at my mother-in-law's house uh and it's new year's and this has become a tradition i listened to our last year's episode and i was here sitting in the same spot uh so i pulled a bunch of stuff that made me laugh that I hope uh, makes you laugh as well. Uh, I found stuff from Brad Garrett, from Colin Quinn, from uh, James Burroughs, and my pal Ben Bailey uh, from Cash Cap. And of course, Philip Whitehuse-Cock. Yeah, I got that story too. Uh, we all love and appreciate you guys being part of this uh, little podcast with us. So uh, we just want to say thank you and uh, wishing you and your families a happy, healthy and prosperous new year. Since it is the holiday season, I wanted to revisit Phil having the Last Supper tattooed on his neck. All right, I got to go take the dogs out. You guys listen to this and I'll see you on the other side. I'm coming. I'm coming. I got some stand updates for you. New Year's Eve, I am in Vegas, baby. Come see me at the Suncoast Hotel and Casino. February 9th through February 11th, I will be at the Helium in Indianapolis. February 17th and 18th, I will be at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. February 24th and the 25th, I'm going back to Strong Island. You can come see me at Governor's. And March 10th and 11th, I will be at Bananas Comedy Club in Rutherford, New Jersey. There's a list for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And you know if you can make any of these shows, I want to say hello. So please come up and let me shake your hand and thank you for the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on, get out of here. Look, Phil loves everybody. I hope you guys know that, don't you, Phil? No! Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> That Phil is upset with. <laughs> he was so he was uh, his mom is in Florida, right? And Phil's on a ship and he can't reach his mom on WhatsApp. And he's worried because the hurricane, there was a hurricane heading there right where she lives. Mm-hmm. So I was on the phone with him. I said, give me your mom's number. I'll call. I'll check. I'll get back to you. You feel better. He goes, what a great idea. So I did. Uh-huh. What's that mean? It means you're there's more to the story. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe there was solo. Everything's all right, right? No! I just got to talk my mother down for 45 minutes. She wants to know how come I have a tattoo on my neck. Okay. (laughs) What? Excuse you? What? What? (laughs) Adam, what is (laughs) she Oh, my God. 
You don't mess with mom. What j- is so hard about that? Okay, let me tell you. It was a joke, and I swear I thought she got it because she was laughing. <laughs> Goodness. I'm playing for you. you. You're a moron. What is wrong with you? You've gone too far this time. You've gone too far. What? You tell her I have a, a tattoo on my neck of the Last Supper? She's Catholic. What's, what's the matter with you? It was a joke. She was laughing. I thought she got the joke. <laughs> so she believed you? Apparently, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Apparently, she thinks that, that Phil has the Last Supper tattooed That's on his neck. That's a long tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and it went on. My mother's 87 years old. She doesn't understand that you're an idiot. She doesn't understand that. <laughs> They call her up with all these lies, like all these details you make up. Like when I swallow, Jesus nods and blesses everybody. What do you come up with? Um. <laughs> I just made. I thought she. I thought she got the joke, and I was just. I was just tagging it to make her laugh more. And she was laughing, but apparently she thought Phil has the capacity to do this. <laughs> Phil. God, she calls my sister. My sister texts me. Did you get a neck tattoo? No, I did not get it. It's proliferate. Everything you do proliferates. And it's bullshit on me. <laughs> Proliferated bullshit every time. Oh, Adam, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I did it. I, I, I look. I didn't she called the sister. She called the sister. That means she believed you. <laughs> well, she did when I was when I was doing it. She was laughing, so I just thought that she was laughing, and then you know, apparently, you know, she wasn't. I just love that now you've gone too far. Not <laughs> you, you know, you've so gone too far this time. By far and half, I swear, Mr. Ferrara. Yeah, Philip White Shoes Cock. That wasn't far enough. But this crossed the line. How dare you, sir? I'm actually torn, Mark. Of course, it's Adam and what he does, but I kind of want to see that tattoo. On his neck? (laughs) Anyone listening, get a picture of Phil and Photoshop the Last Supper tattoo on his neck. I I was just like, that would be intriguing for me to see see that. that? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious how that would look on his neck. So now you want to see. I am. I am. Adam's apple when he swallows. Oh, that's where you do it? Jesus blesses everybody. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Yeah. I do like some neck tattoos. Well, that one will get you into heaven. It's a little blasphemous. Depends on your neck. (laughs) And where's Judas? Your five o'clock shadow. Mm -hmm. Where is Judas? Judas would be around the ear, no? Yeah, I would think behind the ear. Didn't you hear me when I said don't trust him? (laughs) Did you not hear me? You're right above. The ear is right above you. You couldn't hear me say don't trust this bastard. Wouldn't that be great, though? You get there and there's St. Pete and he's like, "What, what is that? Is it the Last Supper? Look at, hey, everyone, look at this. Hey, you, you come right in, Phil. Oh, this, this, <laughs> this guy really wants in. All right, let's bring him up. <laughs> JC, you got to see this. He's got the whole thing on your neck. Is that me? <laughs> Doesn't look like me. Doesn't look like me. <laughs> Swallow again. Let me see that. What wow, is, that is me. What is that on his head? What What is that on my head? That's an ingrown hair. That's, that's not your head. It's an ingrown hair. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's move on. All oh, right. my goodness. I had to take a picture of my neck, send it to my sister, and so my sister could show it to my mother so my mother can see this, that Jesus isn't on my neck. <laughs> He had to take a picture yeah. of his neck. Yeah. Or else she wouldn't believe yeah, she him. Him. You send mom a picture of your naked neck right now if you don't have one. Do you know what this means? What? His mom believes you more than him. 
Yeah. That's where we're at. That's. <laughs> yeah. His mom is saying he's stupid enough to do this. <laughs> I'm calling his sister. Oh, man. And by the way, if Phil's sister or Phil's mom is listening right now. He actually has a tattoo. That's makeup he put on his face. Okay, <laughs> Don't believe him. I just can't call you. I asked you to check on my mother because she might be dead in a hurricane. Maybe her roof came off. Phil was worried that his mom would be in danger. You know. Yes, so, like a good boy. Yes. yes, and I was just trying to help him, and things got it got a little confusing. I thought, like a bad boy. I I just thought she understood the joke. I really did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and I hope this isn't a sin. I'm I'm kind of glad she didn't because this was fun for me. <laughs> yes, we know, Adam. <laughs> All right, I'm back. The dogs are calm. I think my favorite part of that story is when Phil yells out, when I swallow, Jesus nods and blesses everybody. I don't know. Just made me laugh. Uh, And Brad Garrett makes me laugh. I found this clip where he talks about opening for Sinatra and uh, his mom (laughs) insulting Sammy Davis Jr. and us just trading stories about uh, our parents meeting famous people. He's a really sweet dude, Brad. Listen to this, and I'll see you on the other side. In the early days, I opened for Sinatra. Here's one of my first gigs in, in Vegas. And and Jilly would go, uh, uh, just go out there. And when Frank is ready, he'll tug on the cord. <laughs> and and, and this, is, this, this all happened at the Desert Inn. And I would say, well, wh- what do I do? 30 or, or 10? Mm. And he goes, you want the job? <laughs> and... I was like, yeah, all right, Greg, just go out there. They called me Greg Barrett, I swear to you, for three oh. years. And oh. Frank would introduce me. He was very kind to all the comments. And I was just one of the guys. That, his main guy was Dreesen, obviously. But yeah. Frank would, he always would have a comic come out and take a bow. Mm-hmm. But he would go, Greg Barrett, everybody, Greg Barrett. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have the balls. You know, you don't correct him. Right. You take a bow to another name. Right, know, yeah. Because it's Frank. And yeah. I went up to Jilly, like, after a year. I said, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Rizzo, can you can you just tell Mr. Sinatra, um, it's Brad Garrett. Do you want the job? <laughs> you, want you, you want me to go? Why don't you go correct Frank? Have you ever corrected Frank? I said, uh, all right. So, you know, my mom comes to the show, and she's like, why, why are they calling you Greg? <laughs> We had to remove her eventually because she would yell, it's Brad, Frank. It's Brad. I said, Mom, I'm going to end up in a box. Just please sit there. Be happy you're in the room. What are the chances of meeting Sammy? <laughs> oh, we got the same mother, my friend. It's yeah, just, we, it's oh. just no filter. It just comes out. It just, they can't help it. They yeah. can't now, help it. They're funny in the house was my mom's obviously funny, but it doesn't seem like she's aware of being funny. Was uh, was dad funny? Yeah, well, dad dad was was really funny. You know, he would he he. I got most of my humor from from him. But my mom, you, you know, it's it was it was a different thing. I got mm. my uh, anxiety from her. I, yeah, in my my. Uh, when I was opening with Sammy once, he was, uh, I was like his last opening act before he passed. It's funny, Ray's like, why does everyone die after you open for him? <laughs> I said, Ray, do me, just go check on the butler. 
but um, I was with Sammy, and he was he was fighting he was fighting uh, you know throat cancer, mm. uh, but he he played as much as he could, and and he was very uh, you know he would come out and he would go you know the chops aren't great, but we're gonna we're gonna get through it. You know, ah. so I tell my mom, mom goes, I want to meet Sammy. You know how he's changed my life. I said, mom, we're not doing the backstage thing anymore because, you know, when you, when I opened for Steve and Edie, not mm-hmm. that I'm name dropping, right. you know, you, you, you know, you hit on Steve Lawrence. I can't find my mom and she's in Steve Lawrence's dressing room going up <laughs> on my third marriage. <laughs> and Steve Lawrence's security is like, I couldn't find my mom. She goes, you know, he's in his, and, and Edie Gourmet is banging. What's going on in this, Dave? You know, and my mom walks out, you know, with the, with the, with the leather pants and the orthopedic shoes, with the decollete top, you know, <laughs> the, the blouse clowns hang. And that was really, and, and I, you know, I loved her, but there was things, you know, so that was the last, <laughs> yes. that was the last time I could have her backstage, you know, but oh. she goes, it, it's my dream to meet Sammy. All right, I said, okay, mom, but it's hello. And yeah. and we just, please, you know, don't don't lick his forehead or do whatever you do. Because she would get, you know, she would go, you're my life. You know, that's <laughs> And um, that night, he always had a great show. But, right. um, uh, and I go, you know, just say great, good to me. And please, I said, I got two weeks with the guy. I'm just begging you, please, mom. Right, yeah. Yeah. And in those days, I couldn't say no to my mom. Now that mm. she's dead. No problem. <laughs> so, so she goes timing. backstage. Sammy, Sammy goes, uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Garrett, which of course it wasn't. It was well, never I, Garrett for anybody. And he said, pleasure to meet you. Uh, having a little trouble with the chops tonight. And she looks at him and goes, not every night is magic. <laughs> I swear to you. I, I, this is, this is, <laughs> I, this is when, so my therapy from that night, you know, my right. therapist is like, why, why do you have your mom to these things? And I'm like, you know, how do you tell you, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm fucked up. I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of it, but, uh, but it was <laughs> really, I, I go, why would you tell a legend? Not every night is magic, but he brought it up. You know, it was never her, it was never her you know? God rest his soul. But I, you know, my mom, my mom did the same thing. There's no, but my father had that too. I was at. Remember the American Comedy Awards? Sure. Ray had me like you know take him one night when he was not right. like, waited in the lobby. Yeah. I got nominated. Blew my parents out. For, and um, at the after party at the at they had at the comedy store, and I look over, and my father was getting older at the time, and he's all animated now, and that's the way I remembered him. Brad I was like, yeah. look at my dad. Look, he's having a great time. And I turned around. There's a guy he was talking to, and it was Don Rickles. And the reason oh. he was all animated, he was he was trying to sell Rickles a kitchen because that's what he did. Oh, that's he did ter- bad. This is amazing. I walk over, my father's like, Don, you got to spend the money on the appliances. Put the money into the sub He's like, yeah, oh, I need a Sub-Zero. All right. So they just, they, their world is their world. And these people that come into, uh, come into it are in their world. So they feel comfortable talking to them. Of course. Oh, yeah. that's the best. And how was Don with it? Probably gracious and wonderful. He was so sweet. He was, first of all, I got nominated. I met him backstage because there was a crossing thing we had to do backstage. So I, I met him backstage. And uh, he remembered me because I met him with Jeff Ross. Okay. We both walked in and uh, Rickles looked at us. And well, he knows we're looking at him. We're comics. 
And he looks at the both of us and goes, all right, kid, don't make it a thing. <laughs> so he was just so – I got a picture of him, too. It was so gracious. Uh, and Obviously, one of, one of my heroes. And uh, yeah. we when, when, when the show was still on, Phil mm-hmm. Rosenthal, Ray, all the writers and me, we were having dinner uh, in Malibu, and we were mm-hmm. just eating, and uh, we see out of the corner of our eye Rickles – Rickles walks in and uh, we're like, oh, this is, this, you know, we're all such fucking fans of him. And he walks in and he clocks Ray. And um, I'm with, who's now my wife at the time. This is about 12 years ago. And uh, she's a bit younger. Okay. Right. I won't lie. And uh, he walks over to the table. He goes, uh, honey, were you kidnapped? <laughs> he goes, he goes, blank. Blink if you get kidnapped. <laughs> and we were dying. And he looks at Ray and he goes, I'll never get it, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> and then he looks at Phil and he goes, enough Jews here, Phil? Enough Jews at the table? And he's doing it the way Don does it. And it's a small uh, restaurant and everyone's dying. And he comes up to me and he goes, I got a good idea, Brad. We're going to put an elevator in your ass and make you a building. <laughs> So, you know, we're in heaven. It's like, oh, yeah. my God, Don made fun of us. Oh, I like him a lot. And how funny is his mother? How could you say that to Sammy? He brought it up. <laughs> a class act. He really is. Uh, another one of my favorite interviews uh, this year uh, was with a genius. And I know people throw that uh, word around lightly, uh, but not when it comes to James Burroughs. He has uh, directed iconic television series, uh, Cheers, Will and Grace, Taxi, Mary Tyler Moore, Friends. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And I had the pleasure of working with him, and uh, I got to hear some of the stories. And one of my favorite stories he tells uh, is this one about Andy Kaufman. So you guys listen to this, and I'll be back. The shows you've been involved with, the iconic shows you've been involved with, uh, Taxi. I have to, if I can ask you the story about Andy Kaufman. Oh, I got it. You, <laughs> that story, that story in flying the cast of Vegas, uh, the French cast of Vegas. Yeah. Well, it'll be on my tombstone. <laughs> uh, well, I, for you, I will tell the story because you're a comic. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're an actor who's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Walks is good to hit. I'm on base, Burroughs. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how many of your listeners know who Andy Kaufman is or was. Um, he was, uh, to me, the bravest comic I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He was he was not really a comic. He was a performance artist. Yeah. And, you know, he had an act that people loved. He was on Saturday Night Live. He played Foreign Man, who later became Latka Gravis. So uh, the, the, the writers of Taxi hired him to play the mechanic based on his character of, of, uh, of um, a foreign man. And the deal that Andy made was that he would agree to do the show if the character Tony Clifton, the actor Tony Clifton, could be in one episode. Right. So for all the uneducated, Tony Clifton was Andy's alter ego. He was Andy would put on a wig, dark glasses, prosthetics on his face, uh-huh. 
a big uh, 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 fat suit, <laughs> brocade tuxedo, a ruffled shirt. The only thing he couldn't fool you with were his hands. Mm-hmm. They were Andy's hands. You could see that. Right. Anyway, he would come out and open a concert for for Andy Kaufman, and he would sing bad Las Vegas lounge songs. And the audience would hate it. <laughs> we want Andy. We want Andy. So Andy would go off after 20 minutes, take off the Tony Clifton after intermission, come back as foreign man. So a lot of people didn't know that Tony Clifton was Andy. In fact, Andy's close friend, Bob Zamuda, mm-hmm. when Andy was as foreign man, he was dressed as Tony Clifton. So to throw people off. Yeah. So, so anyway, we agreed uh, the deal with Taxi was that Andy would do the show if Tony could do one show. So that week came, and uh, 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 where it's the Monday is when uh, Tony Dent and I are watching Bucky Dent hit that home run to send the Yankees into the playoffs against. I don't remember who they played off against before the World Series. Yeah, that same and, game. They end, the season ended in a tie that year. Right. They, yeah. yeah. So. It was not to get into the World Series, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So at 9 a.m., we're watching this. The prop, we're in the prop room. The prop room door opens and in comes Tony Clifton. (laughs) Where the fuck are you guys? I'm ready to rehearse. And he's smoking. Okay. (laughs) Andy Kaufman had day night reversal. When he was normal, he wouldn't come in till one o'clock. So at 9 a.m., here comes Andy as Tony. So I start to work, and I do. He's playing is uh, as Andy's dressed as Tony playing Louis De Palma's brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's too difficult. It, yeah. It's not, you know, he's not acting. He's performing with with Danny DeVito and everything like that. So he's he's he you know he's just it's it's not going to work. I call Ed Weinberger. Ed comes down. I show him a scene. He says, okay. We go back up to the office. We call George Shapiro, who was then Andy's manager, the late George Shapiro. And we'll have to, you know, we say we have to fire Tony. And George says, Andy's not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so George calls back in an hour and says, you can fire Tony Clifton, but he has to be fired in front of the entire cast on stage with a prostitute on each knee. demands to be fired <laughs> so the next day comes and we're ready for this you know we're ready for it you know i start rehearsing i i i i, I don't remember what scene i did but everybody knows what's coming and ed comes down and <laughs> says to tony clifton you're fired and tony says i'm not leaving you're fired i'm not leaving you're fired get up now you're fired no so I'm watching against the stands. Right. I'm watching with Judd Hirsch, myself, Tony Danzer, and Jeff Conway. Mm-hmm. We're watching this, and all of a sudden, Tony and I look to our right, and here's Conway's eyes getting really big, right. and he starts to go for Andy. <laughs> so with Tony and I grab him, throw him up behind the stand, throw him up against the wall and say, you, you can't do this. You can't ruin this for us. <laughs> you are about to see one of the great moments in the history of, of sitcom. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a great moment. 
this is guerrilla theater. Yeah. Relax and enjoy. <laughs> so we went back out. Ed, get off the stage. And Tony's going, I'm not going, I'm not going. Get off. Finally, Judd says, okay, I'll play. So Judd walks out, picks up Tony Clifton. Right. Takes him off the soundstage, throws him outside the soundstage. There are guards there, security <laughs> guards. They put him in a golf cart. They take him off the lot. He's screaming and yelling, everything like that. The next week, we start a new taxi. Andy Kaufman comes in as if nothing happened. And that, that was it. He got his knockers that way. He got whatever the thrill was for him. And it didn't hurt the show. We hired another actor to play the part. Right. It worked out fine. And, uh, you know, some people say he was uh, taking advantage of the other actors by doing this. But it, it was just it was just a golden moment. Oh, I really enjoyed talking to Jimmy. A, a legend, a real legend, and a real good human being. There's a quote I love. Uh, if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Uh, Jimmy has tremendous power in the television industry, and he's still one of the sweetest guys around. That's what I mean when I say he's a good human being and a man of character. And I think that quote was attributed to Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if he actually said it or not, but that's the way I heard it. Uh I also heard this quote from Lincoln. Oh, Mary, I hate the theater. Somebody shoot me. I can neither confirm nor deny he said that as well. But I can confirm that Ben Bailey, uh, the host of Cash Cab, uh, told us the story how he got the job and how he had to beat a drug test in order to keep the job. Uh, you guys listen to this, and I'll be back. Well, how'd you get? I, I, how'd you get the show? Because one one day you're a comic, next day you're in a cab, lights are going off, and I was like, I got to call Ben. I want to be on the show. You're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a crazy story, uh, which is, I guess, what these podcasts are all about. That's it. Uh, so I get a call for an audition. Came through uh, my managers at the time, but it had come through a comedy club, mm. comic strip. And uh, and one of the other clubs at the time were like, hey, these people are casting for this show. And they had g gotten my name through the clubs because they had because I was a limo limousine driver. If you right. remember way, way back, mm -hmm. I used to show up in a suit and everybody's like, wow, you're taking this so seriously. I'm like, actually, I'm I'm working my other job <laughs> right yeah. now. I dropped some people at the Met. <laughs> yeah. Can I switch with you? I got to get the JFK after my set. Yeah. I got to get these people to their dinner and then back to Jersey, you know. <laughs> Uh, so they knew I was a driver, so I kind of had a little bit of a leg up going into the audition. But so the night before the audition, I had a show, and the audition was in New York. Mm -hmm. I had a show in Ramona, California, mm -hmm. which is like 45 minutes out of San Diego. Okay. Up in the mountains there. Then just down the road from that, uh, a buddy of mine that I grew up with was playing drums in a band called The Samples. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like pretty cool kind of reggae band. So myself and a few guys that I, other guys I grew up with that came to my show, then go to his show, and it's like a big party. We're having a blast, and he's like, "Dude, we got a we got a beach house for the week. This guy just left it to us. Come hang for the week. We're, you know, you can have your own bedroom and everything." And I was like, "I I got an audition in New York mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. Like I'm on the red eye. I got to drive up to <laughs> yeah. catch the late flight, the midnight flight out back to New York. I got an audition." And they're like, "Oh fuck that!" 
<laughs> Everybody there is like, fuck that. You don't have to go to that. What's it for? You know, I'm like, it's for like a game show in a cab. Mm -hmm. And everybody just bursts out laughing. Like, That's the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but some part of me is like, no, I, you know what? I'm, I got to go back. So I literally get on the plane, fly back, mm -hmm. uh, land, go straight to the audition. From the airport. From the airport. And it just, everything just clicks. Like, it just, like, I've just killed at the audition. Mm -hmm. Audition was me sitting in a chair, and the, the casting director and someone from the production company, Lion TV, sitting in chairs behind me. <laughs> okay, so let's make believe we're in a cab. And we're driving, you know. Did you did you have to audition again for the for more suits, or? Two callbacks, mm -hmm. uh, then a, uh, a live, can I actually drive, uh test with right. the casting director the eps now the network and the production company are all in a in a minivan in a parking lot mm -hmm. and uh i'm like all right here we go and i <laughs> i drove right over the curb <laughs> very, <laughs> very first part of it is like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> i'm like can we, can we start again now that we're in the street <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. well, I was like, everybody in there was panicking, like, holy <laughs> shit. We made the wrong choice here. <laughs> um, but so then after that, they were like, we, wanna, we, want, you to, we want you to host the show. Mm -hmm. And I, they were kind of hedging their bets. They were like, we have it down to, like, you and one other guy. Right. Like, I was like, do you really? Or are you guys like, because the next step was I had to get a taxi license. Right. So it was like there were still some hoops to jump through. Mm -hmm. Had to get a taxi license, uh, and I was working that week at the Borgata. Right. Doing shows with Doug Benson mm -hmm. all week long, right? So you're high. So you can guess what we were up to. <laughs> and on the last day of taxi school, I pass, I go in, I take, after taxi school, I go in, I take the test, and then they're like, okay, just go upstairs and do your do your drug test, and then you're good to go. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was doing shows with Doug Benson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm high just by having been near him. Yeah, I, I got a contact high for a week. It's probably going to be passed on to my children. <laughs> so the girl from the network, she goes, she goes, or from the production company, Maggie is her name. She goes, she goes, don't worry, man. Don't worry. My dad is like a total hippie. <clears throat> I got you. I know exactly what to do. I'm like, okay, what do we have to do? She's like, you need to drink a shit ton of water. Mm -hmm. So we hit a water vending machine and we bought six big bottles of water. And I drank all of them. And she goes, now go and piss before you go in go and pee now mm -hmm. i'm like thank god i had a, I had a piss so bad right so you drink a ton of water then you go in and you pee right and and everything that was in your system is in the first pee right and then everything after that at least for a little bit is just water because there's no time for it to absorb anything else because you've just cleaned yourself out with the first one but how do you aren't you out of pee no, I drank like a, you know, I drank like two gallons of water. Oh. So I had to pee again pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> this was her plan. I, I don't know if they just didn't care about weed or mm. if, you know, I, I don't, who knows what. But right. 
I passed the test, but I had to sweat it out over a long holiday weekend oh. at the Borgata. So that was on a Friday, and I had to drive back down and do the shows, and I didn't find out until the Tuesday mm-hmm. that I had passed both tests, and I, and I got the gig. So I think the lesson of the story, kids, is don't hang out with Doug Benson the night before a drug test. Next up, we got my pal Colin Quinn, who's going to tell us about uh, how he got Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live and how he, uh, how he punishes himself the same way I do. Nice to know I'm not alone. I'm an idiot, but I'm not alone. You guys enjoy this. And the party must have got bigger on Saturday Night Live. How did you get Weekend Update? No, Saturday Night Live wasn't that bad. Hmm. When I was there, it was a real straight-hour crew. People forget, that, that crew... Will, Sherry, mm-hmm. uh, Anna, uh, you know, Tim, all of them, you know, um, Tina, Adam McKay, all these people were real serious people. Like, they weren't out there getting wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, everybody always thinks of SNL. The SNL was the party days was the original cast. Right. After that, there were a few party animals, but most people were dead serious. They were, you know, it was a different world, you know? And so... Yeah, that was. I was just hired as a writer. Fred Wolf got me hired as a writer, mm-hmm. and he was a comedian, you know, and great comedian, and he was one of the head writers. And, got me. and then I was there, and I was just there at the right time when all these things happened that happened in a row. So I was very lucky to be there at that time mm-hmm. when it was a whole shift in things. Yeah, and it was. But that seems like that was a lot of work that segment because that was the most prepared, and you had to do it every week. That segment, yes, but that segment. The, what, me in that segment, I'm the wrong person to ask. When I tell you, my, I, the first two and a half years of Saturday Night Live was, I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. The last two and a half when I was doing Weekend Update was living hell for me and for Lauren and maybe for the audience too. I mean, all you have to do is see me, I'm like this the entire time in mm-hmm. my suit and everything about it. That symbolizes, you know, it was just discomfort. Really? That's all. You know, and partially because I, li- I realized years later, it hit me. I go, I was punishing myself for taking over for Norm, too. Like, I was so unaccustomed to being in the position where you're the one they bring in because the other guy's being wild mm-hmm. that I couldn't handle it. And I was like, I, so I sabotaged whatever it could have been. Who knows if it could have been anything anyway, but I definitely sabotaged it at that time, you know. Even though I worked hard on it, sure. I sabotaged it when I was up there. And Lauren even once said to me, he goes, you know, after I'd done like 10 of them, he goes, you can stop apologizing now. Mm. And I was like, what's he talking about, apologizing? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Of course, he knew what he meant. Yeah. Well. But what he should, yeah. What he should have said is what? He should have said, listen, I'm paying for you for a deep summer therapy session. I don't want to see you until you come back and you stop apologizing for the segment because you're getting in the way of my enjoyment of my own show. <laughs> well, you were still doing your work, but you weren't. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just, want to, I just want to clarify. You were still doing your work. You have that work ethic. You were delivering. But the punishment, right. if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, is you weren't allowing yourself to enjoy it. Is that accurate? I was. No, I was just. It was one of those times you could just see it in my face and in my voice. Yeah. That I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm, I refuse to, whatever that is. I, yeah, refuse to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I just be like, it was like, it was like listening to like a, like a hungover priest. <laughs> who's, knows Don Gavin. 
I, I said I hung over because he's not a drunk person. <laughs> yeah. How about Don Gavin? Yeah. When he goes, I'm not a religious man. Remember that? <laughs> well, I, the reason so I wanted to funny. ask you is because that's how I punish myself. I do not allow myself to enjoy it. But that's right. that's I'm right. such an obsessive guy about responsibility to do my work. I will do it, but I'll punish me. Me too. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And when I punish me, I punish the audience. Yeah. Because the audience reads that you're not enjoying yourself. Yeah. And you're just trying to make, to do a good job and hand in your thing correctly. And that's not what, what people get to live vicariously through our enjoyment too. Yeah. So we're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. Yeah, we're up there. We're yep. supposed to be the emotional leader that it, it's okay. I'm giving you permission. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, how dare you people laugh at me? Do you have any idea what a piece of shit I am? Right, right, right. But you never see that in yourself until late years later, you know. Yeah. Like if you like if you said that to me like twenty something years ago, I'd be like, Yeah, some people are like that. But I wouldn't understand <laughs> that you know what I mean? That was you. Yeah. I think Colin and I are both uh, in the position in our lives where there's enough road behind us we can look in the rearview mirror and go, What an idiot that guy was. And that guy was you. I don't know if it helps, but at least I'm not making the same mistakes. I'm making new ones that piss me off. But I am a very, very lucky guy. I got I got a beautiful wife. I got beautiful friends. Uh, uh, I got you guys listening to me. And I have Phil. And Phil can make a misunderstanding turn into a lovely afternoon filled with laughter. And when I say Phil, of course, I mean Philip Whitehue's cock. All right, here's a story I promised you. Phil is a little upset. What's wrong this time? Here's what happened. There was an issue, and he had to send an email to his agent. Now, Phil and I lean on each other when uh, we're emotional about something because uh, you, want, you want an extra set of non-emotional eyes looking at a, a business communication. Yeah, makes sense. You mean neither one of you wants to mess up? No. So he, he, uh, he, he had an email, and he sent me a draft of the email. So after I took out all the curse words, I re- I. <laughs> I, I refocused his thoughts and made it clearer and shorter and uh, and more to the point. And I sent it back to him. And I did a little something in there to make him laugh. Oh, no. <laughs> it turns out it made me laugh a lot more. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm in an episode of Ray Donovan and I'm Ray's wife? I'm like, what did you do, Adam? What did you do? <laughs> well, I'll play it as these are voice texts because he's at sea. The lesson is read, kids, read. Check your copy and paste. Yeah, how do you not see? Thing. How do you not see all the best love, Philip White shoes cock? Wouldn't that just oh. jump out at you? It would me, and for sure I would read it if you sent me something because that, I've learned. 
Thank you. From <laughs> you've, 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 yeah, trial by fire for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, <laughs> Phil. So he can't talk to me because he's at sea. He can only send, I don't know why he can send these voice texts, but he can do that a regular text. So I got that one. And uh, uh, I sent him back a text. I said, well, maybe I should have signed it, Mr. Philip White Shoe Scott. The Honorable. The Honorable. The Honorable, yeah. <laughs> the Honorable Philip White Shoe Scott Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my favorite part uh, because he knows I was helping him. He's angry at me, but he's trying to catch himself. Listen to this. Why can't you just? I mean, I appreciate the help, but damn. <laughs> Philip White Shoes Cock. I know I gotta answer that shit. Who's Philip White Shoes Cock? Never mind. Jesus. <laughs> I remember when you gave him that name. Yeah. You know how he got that name? Uh, I vaguely remember the story, but, but refresh my memory. Alex found an app. Yeah. I found an app that can make like little animations of yourself. So I made Phil be an animated stripper with white shoes. Oh, yes. I recall seeing this. It haunts my dreams. Yeah. Phil's cartoon head in little Speedos. And these little white shoes, so I just named him Philip White Shoes Cock. <laughs> and he's going around a pole. Yeah. <laughs> I just so wondered, do you ever like do you ever like book a reservation for him and he goes and he's like, Yeah, table for two, it's Phil Tag. We don't have anything. I'm sorry, Tagly Ferry. No, we don't have that either. Could you check under Philip White Shoes Cock? Oh yes, yeah, table for two, right over here. We got a booth I'm, for you. I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Some nicknames stick. Yeah, here's the audio. Now on the main stage, Philip White Shoes Cock. <laughs> Come on, boys. Curling for dollars, not for hollers. <laughs> Philip White Shoes Cock. <laughs> now on stage like five. <laughs> yes. He didn't like the first time you sent that. No. So, Adam, what did they say? Oh, okay. Then I got this one. Okay, this white shoes cock <laughs> thing is proliferating now. I want to know if I'm still doing stand-up or if I have some new act or something. No, there's no, there's no new act. I'm not a dancer. You have to change anything. Just, oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's so great. It's proliferating. <laughs> Going viral. That's what we call it, Phil. Going viral, baby. <laughs> oh, God, that made me laugh. Oh, my goodness. If I opened my email and saw that, I would say, who is this guy? Yeah, Bill, Phil White Shoes. Is that a cock? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hyphenated? Did he marry somebody? Do we have to get those training? What, you, what happens when you need to bring in someone to sit everyone down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, a, get, get an HR rep in here ASAP. We can't put that on the marquee. Let's just. No. You know. Oh, that's funny. Me and and by the way, this is hysterical, and I love it. Mm. But you are the devil. How? Why am I the devil? I I did it to make him laugh. I, I, you read a whole thing before you send it. I just, I, it's a landmine you put in there, and I think half of you was like, I wonder if he'll actually read this. I wonder if he'll read this or whether he'll send it. Well, out. guess what? Now we know. <laughs> that answer has that yeah. that question has been answered so. show me love philip white shoes cock oh, man. 
<laughs> does have a ring to it. Yes, it does. <laughs> He's such a dope. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for being part of this family. I know I keep saying it, but it does mean a lot to us. Uh, happy, healthy New Year to everybody. Uh, and we will see you next week. we got all new episodes, all new people to introduce you to, and some old friends coming back. All right? Uh, we are all in this together, brothers and sisters, so please share the road. And remember that life is hard, so you take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. We're not starting the year like this, all right? Enough with the barking. Look who's talking about barking. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.